Episode 31, how to grow by compression. Welcome to the Succession Secrets Podcast, where you can grow, groom, and graduate from your business in just seven minutes a day. And now, here is your host, Steve Prada. Welcome back, Succession Seekers. And uh, this episode is going to be about sales effectiveness. As we all know, the faster a company grows, the faster and the earlier succession can happen. Many of the owners, founders have a specific number in mind when they found their company or when, when they are growing their company, their business, and uh, they want to reach that number before they sell the business, before they bequeath the business, before they pass it on. And obviously, the higher the growth rate, the faster they can get there. And the big piece of growth is the effectiveness of the sales process. So it is really critical. And an ineffective sales process means that there are a lot of resources tied up in sales and salespeople are expensive. There's a lot of complexity that the owner has to be involved in around sales. And there's a lot of risk because the longer the sales process, the more chance that it actually never happens. The sales never closes. And there are some industries which, which are really notorious for long sales processes, long sales cycles. One of them is the IT solutions business where it can take uh, months and years to actually come up with a, a scope that can be contracted. But the same thing happens for government contracting. It's very notorious. And even in the business that I come from, investment banking, is really I was very prone to having long sales cycles. It happened several times that we started talking to uh, business owners three to five years before they actually got to the stage when they wanted to sell their business. And in the meantime, we just invested time and, and we never knew whether that's we're ever going to get a return on our time. So how important is shortening, compressing the sales cycle? And this is what the title refers to, how to grow by compression. So let's assume you can compress your sales cycle by 25%. So let's say your average sales cycle is four months. You get it down to three months. Then how much do you grow? Effectively, you have the resources to grow by one-third, 33%. So it's a huge thing. And this kind of growth is really high quality because there are no more resources involved. You're paying the same salespeople and you are investing the same time and you get one-third more customers. So essentially, there's zero marginal sales cost and it all falls down to the bottom line. It's really high, high margin growth. It can easily grow the value of your company by 50% just to compress by 25%. So that's a big opportunity for most companies. So we had recently one of my clients, one of the members in our Vistage group who actually asked the group how he could shorten his sales cycle. And in fact, we went on and we put together a tiger team, which was uh, three of us went into the company. Our member, our fellow member arranged interviews with the middle management of the company. So we spoke with four or five senior leaders in the company, interviewed them. And basically, we then brainstormed ideas how the sales cycle could be shortened. And we came up with 25 to 30 ideas, of which maybe a good part of them are not good ideas. Maybe they already thought of them. But I'm pretty sure that we came up with at least 10, 15 really great ideas that if those could be implemented in the company or if they will be implemented, it's going to make a huge difference. And I think 25% is the minimum that the sales cycle could be compressed. It could possibly 
compressed much more. So what are some of the ideas that can help you compress your sales cycle? First of all, the best thing to do to start with is to dissect the process. So do a good old process re-engineering exercise. Let's look at the whole sales process, dissect into sales steps and examine each step, whether it's reasonable to keep that steps or that step could be eliminated or maybe a couple of steps could be combined or there shouldn't be so much time elapsing between step one and step two. So that's a big one. And let me give you an example for eliminating a step. In my company, MB Partners, um, my investment banking company, one of the main issue that we had in the sales cycle was the involvement of attorneys when we were negotiating a mandate from a client. So what we realized was that if we could find a way to eliminate the attorneys from the discussion, then we could possibly halve the sales cycle. And it's not just halving the sales cycle, but we could get better terms, we could uh, get much better relationship. Often the, the attorney negotiations really harmed the relationship. It was, it was very negative. It was all about worst case scenarios. So it would change the game for us. So what we did was we looked at the contract, which was 11 pages when we started, and we started cutting away from it and changing the language from legalese to layman terms and made it very simple and very transparent. And in the end, the end, in the end we ended up with a two-page contract which was totally transparent, totally understandable. It was printed on one sheet of paper, on two sides of one sheet of paper. So when we hand it over to the client, it was very unintimidating. There was no sense of risk in this simple contract. And in many cases, the clients just signed it on the spot or they just made some small comments. They never went to their attorney. They probably were even ashamed of taking such a simple contract to their attorneys. So that was a big, a big change for us, big compression for us. Another thing that I see a lot is people are not asking for the sale. People are being timid about asking for the sale. They think that they're going to offend the client or they're going to chase away the client. They're going to lose the opportunity. But what I have found in my experience was that, is that those clients who actually want to do something, they appreciate being glad. They appreciate being nudged. Sometimes it's a difficult decision to get to commit to something, but they want to commit to it because they want to move forward in their life. So they appreciate if a salesperson is, is persistent and, and a little bit pushy. And the other thing is that a lot of salespeople, they are not pushy enough because they don't have a deep enough pipeline. So they don't have anything else. If they don't close the sale, if the client walks, then they have nothing to work on. So they subconsciously sabotage themselves by being too soft, not closing, and then they still they can work on a full pipeline, even though it's just half as many clients that they should have in the pipeline, but it's full because the sales cycle is long. So another one is position better. I see a lot of companies who are not positioning, not communicating their differentiating advantages very clearly, and therefore they are not attracting enough customers to them. So less is often more, so make it more distinctive, more differentiating, and then you will attract more customers. And those customers will actually negotiate less because they will perceive you as an expert. They will perceive having fewer competitors for you that they can compare you to. And it's going to be a, a better price discussion, an easier price discussion, and much faster discussion overall. Another one is eliminating objections. So here is where guarantees come in. 
warranties come in, it's basically the trust the client has in moving forward with you. If you position yourself as an expert, as a thought leader, then that's going to eliminate all of objections in their mind. If you pull out their objections, so if you're not afraid of hearing negative stuff that they don't like, then you can address it. So a lot of people, they are afraid to ask the difficult questions. I like to ask clients, what are your reservations from hiring me? And then they tell me, and then I can handle it. And if they don't want to hire me in the first place, then we can close the discussion and no, I'm not wasting an hour. I find out in 10 minutes. So, so that's a big, it's a big one. Another one is thinking multiple steps ahead. So we have several steps. So for example, in, in my business, we had a first meeting was a step. And then we had a pitch meeting when we made a presentation, a sales presentation to our clients. And then the next step, the third step was issuing a proposal for the client. And the last step was negotiating the proposal. So these were the steps. And obviously there were actually more little steps in between, but these are the main steps. So when I was sitting my first meeting, I was already thinking about the second and the third step on what we are going to, what information do I need to make a compelling sales presentation. And then in the sales presentation, I was taking clues what the contract, what the proposal should, should have to look like. And the last one I wanted to mention is always be ready to close. So always have a proposal ready, always be ready to accept a yes. Because sometimes clients are, get excited and then they are ready to close, they're ready to be closed. And if we don't take the opportunity, even though it's officially not at that step, we are not at the final step, we can move it there. You know, if they're ready, we have to be ready. I always hold proposal, a contract form in my notebook. And whenever I meet anyone, I'm ready to close them on the spot. It very rarely happens. But, you know, if it happens once a year, it happens once two years, it was already worth keeping the contract with me. So always be ready. So these were my thoughts about compressing the sales process. And this is a longer than usual uh, episode. But still, there's time for a question. And what my question from you is that, what is your question around succession? And think succession in the broad sense. It's not just someone selling their company, but it's what is the next position in your career that you want to succeed to? Who is the person that's going to succeed you in order to free you up so that you can move up in the world into your next position in the business or your next business or your retirement or your artist career or whatever it is? So ask your question. And I created a hashtag, Ask Succession Steve. So you can send your question to my hashtag. And don't forget, you can tweet it. You can connect via Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. You can send me a direct message. So hashtag ask succession, Steve, looking forward to your questions and I'm going to feature them in, in following episodes, future episodes. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate your interest and don't forget your succession is success. Thank you for listening to the Succession Secrets podcast. Make sure you check out SuccessionSecrets.com for archive podcasts and transcripts and IntrepCoaches.com. That's E-N-T-R-E-P Coaches.com to download your free copy of the Your Terms newsletter. 